0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Hello and welcome to Daily Dot Differently. Jeremy Kamanovsky studying with you, tractate Shalim, page twenty. Much of the page is going to deal with found animals. If you found an animal wandering around Jerusalem or in the nearby environs, it must have been aimed for a sacrifice. So you have to bring it in to the Bet Dash and have its value turned into a sacrifice. There's the interesting item on the on the Mishnah here on the page. It suggests that initially those who found the item had to pay for part of the sacrifice, and unsurprisingly, that was disincentive. So the sages did the intelligent thing, or the Koanim or whoever was running the, the temple in its in this period, and they uh, they removed the disincentive. You, if you found an animal, you didn't have to pay for the wine and meal offerings the public paid. Much of the page will go on and deal with sacrificial material, and I'll leave that aside for the moment. But what I want to focus on is the problem, as I said yesterday, of basar min meat that was not watched from the from the through the entire slaughtering process. How do you know? How do you make sure that from from the butcher's knife to the table that it is for sure kosher meat and not, in fact, switched? To refresh your memory, yesterday we talked about the the concept uh, this concept called basar min meat that has disappeared from view. And we raise, just to remind you, that the tablet the here on the page starts with a what I think we recognize as a fairly lenient view. If you're not sure which store you bought it from, whether it's kosher or tray, then you have to regard it as tray thanks to your own uncertainty. But if you just find it on the street, I realize it's not a very sanitary-sounding image, but let's imagine that it that it happens. You just find some left out, left out piece of, of meat and You want to know whether you can consume it or not. Hokinah hararov, follow the majority. Kol de parish meruba parish is a Talmudic phrase, not on our page, but a common phrase. Anything taken out of, uh, uh, taken out of a large group, should be deemed to follow the majority. So, if most of the butchers in town are kosher butchers, then you can assume that the piece of meat that is uh, that you found is probably kosher. Uh, again, I think that uh, su- sounds surprisingly lenient to the contemporary kosher consumer. It goes through so many uh, stringencies to make sure that that, that it's uh, for sure, for sure, kosher. And yet, that's the position that we're starting with, and it would appear to be uh, the the Tanaitic, that is the Mishnaic era position. We're going to see a story that's going to instantiate that fairly liberal position, and then we're going to see... Uh, that the figure of Rav Rav Abba Arichta Tall Abba, who lived in Eretz Yisrael first and then Babylonia in the uh, late late uh, second and early third century, uh, represents a shift into a much more stringent position. So, uh, as I said yesterday, I want to begin with the story that's on the bottom of yesterday's page nineteen. If you if you are following along with me. I'm uh, about six, seven lines up in the bottom of the B page, where we get the story about Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Barnash, there was a person, Batsi in the town of Tsipori, or Sepphoris, which today is in the Lower Galilee. By the way, next time you're there, you gotta go. It's an amazing archaeological site. Uh, it was a huge city, and it's where Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi lived. Anyway, the fellow, he did not get along with the butcher. And Azil, he went by a Mizban Kupad Min and he tried to buy meat from the butcher, but the butcher didn't like him. The Loyed he played and he wouldn't sell him the meat. So the guy finds a non Jew in the Shuk. Our page says Roma'i, but the commentators say Arama'i. He was either a Roman or an Aramean, whichever one, and he made him his deputy and he sent him in there with the money to buy the food and he brings it back out. So the first guy goes into the butcher to make fun of him and laugh at him and he says haha didn't I buy it against your will and the butcher says to him but I've got the last laugh because I knew he was non-jewish so I sold him trace meat haha so uh, this would be seem to indicate a story which would would trouble you about allowing non-jews to be involved in any way in the in the selling of meat so they so they uh, relate, the Talmud relates that this episode came as a judicial matter before Rabbi Yehudah What are you going to do? Are you going to permit such a transaction that you will make a non-Jew your deputy to, to buy kosher meat because, the, because the, the butchers might try to slip him trade meat? Amar lav kol mesar says, no, no, Rabbi Yehudah says, it is permitted. This one case is not powerful enough to forbid the butchers of Tzibhorin. That is, the fact that this unscrupulous butcher may have tried to trick the non-Jew is not a powerful enough case to, to suggest that such arrangements would be uh, would happen all the time, and therefore you've got to keep non-Jews out of the, out of the system. Well, so Rav uh, later moves to Babylonia, and our Talmud relates. Rav Nachat Rav went down there, in, in uh, the Babylonian Talmud, it typically says that the Babylonians went up there, meaning to the land of Israel. Here in our, in our Talmud, written from the perspective of the Yerushalmi, of, of the Palestine, it says that he went down there. Hamatun Nikilin, and he saw how leniently they behaved with respect to this issue. The Hamale, and he ruled strictly. And we've got a number of cases that Rav will adjudicate here on the top of our page, he notes, for example, that there is a person uh, down by the river washing washing off some piece of meat that he has bought, and he drops it, drops it into the river, and he jumps into the river, and pulls it back out, pulls the piece of meat back out, and Rav says, I'm sorry, asur That is, you can no longer have that piece of meat, because for some part of the chain of transmission, it wasn't in your possession. The amar hahu shataf nahara that rob would say uh, says to this person whose cases he's, he's adjudicating the river came up and carried your kosher piece away and the second piece that you have got that you that you grab is a different piece of meat and it's trade or it may at least may well be trade there's another case that's the same sort of uh, 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 episode where a guy is walking in the shook and a bird comes down and swoop, swoops up and, and takes his meat from him. He chases a bird down. He gets the gets the meat back. But I says, I'm sorry, you, you don't know that that's the same meat. That's what birds do. They sh- they swoop down, they take food away. And perhaps the piece that you ultimately got was the bird's second swoop. And we've got a number of a number of other of these kinds of cases. Uh, there are also, by the way, some lenient cases here on our page, uh, where it says that if uh, that if the people of the town um, are mostly mostly Jews, then found meat can be regarded as permissible for two reasons. One, because the owners have presumably given up on ever recovering it again. That, that's a kind of mental renunciation of ownership. Uh, but B, because most of the people are Jews and most of the butchers are Jews, you may rely on the earlier, more lenient teaching. Well, we're here in the Jerusalem Talmud. I want you to know that in the Babylonian Talmud, in Tractate Chulid on page 95 and 96, we have parallel material. Very closely, very closely matches our material here. It's different phrasing, but it's the same basic material. And in that page, we see that Rab, the, the the Babylonian authority, rules strictly and Levi, a Palestinian authority, rules leniently. In the course of Halakhic history, uh, Levi has has Rabbi Yehuda Nasi on his side, he has a number of these texts on his side, and in later Halakhic history, he will also have most of the Ashkenazi authorities on his side. Rashi, for example, rules like Levi. However, the substantial majority of Halakhic the uh, uh, ruling through history follows Rab, a very strict ruling, Maimonides and the Geonim and Rabbi Yitzchak Al-Fasi, and that is the position that, that rules the day. The Shulchan Aruch uh, insists that unless you had absolute control over the meat stream from slaughtering to table, and it's adequate to what we do nowadays, of course, is to wrap the, the meat in, a, in shrink wrap or whatever we do with a kosher symbol on it, but unless you have very clear symbol, very clear uh, control over the chain of transmissal, transmissal from, from farm to table, you have to presume that something is unkosher, as, um, uh, unless you have good reason to be certain that it's kosher. So you see here, I think, an interesting uh, case of uh, ancient Chumrah, ancient tendency towards, towards strictness that's certainly still with us to this day. Thanks for
0: learning with me. Bye-bye.